who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Goblins grab grips of grumbling grapes. Goblins grab grips of grumbling grapes. Kip Killigan here. My name is Kip Killigan. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. <clears throat> Goblins grab grips of grumbling grapes. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Trevor, love the new haircut. Margaret, are those scones? Oh, we're getting married. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Good morning, Kip. Good morning, Storm. You sure seem like a ray of sunshine today. Someone must have woke up on the right side of the bed. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It just feels good to be back. I know it's only been a weekend, but man, it feels like... I'm not sure. Like I've been gone for months. Hey there, chair. I missed you, buddy. Oh, yeah. That's a Drax right there. Well, <laughs> glad to hear it. Hmm. Goblins grab grips of grumbling grapes. Goblins grab grips of grumbling grapes. Seriously, Kip? Vocal warm-ups? Yes? Kip, you can recite the Legion's Eternal in its original Ignean and not stammer a single word. I don't see you this nervous very often. You broke a... I mean, you, uh, you feeling okay? We're just coming up on the down season, and while I'm excited for the new year to start for the League and see all the new teams rise and fall, I just... I don't know what to do with myself for those weeks in between. I need to be the best I can be. What if they replace me? Replace you. Kip, I've quit on live air. I've stolen at least a year's salary from the company fridge. I almost killed an intern. I've clogged every toilet at HQ Tower, and I just showed up ten minutes late and was welcomed with open arms. You're golden, Kip. They wouldn't replace you because they couldn't. You kept freaking Killigan. Thanks, pal. That means a lot. And as for downtime, just take a damn vacation already. Do something for you. Right, right. <laughs> a vacation. Trust me, Kip. Luck's a lot of weird things, but it wouldn't be what it is without you. Okay, guys. We're going live in five, four... Three. Welcome back, adventure fans, to more of the League of Ultimate Questing. No dungeon too deep, no quest too questionable. It has been two weeks since Arvid left with his cousin Goro to take a swift ship back to Dornheim and meet with his people. 
the Ulfman clan of the Sons of the Red Moon. Arvid took Morty for both exercise and emotional support. Arvid's mother was reported to have been killed in a recent battle, and Arvid's presence was requested by the leader, Aik the Ancient. There have been no quests for the Mortal Dawn, though each of you has been busy. Archim and Christ have been helping to keep the increased business of the Lounge of Ultimate Questing flowing, and in their free time facing challenges of their own. Haru seems to have spent several days in deep meditation, perhaps communing with ancient powers, perhaps reliving the past. The Maiden Song Festival has come to an end, and the three of you, plus Maven, sit around the upstairs table picking over the leftovers from tonight's menu. It seems quiet without your two big boys around. Reginald has been inactive for several days. You'd forgotten what this feels like. There's a spread in front of you of some sliced pork loin and black rice and some various pieces of white fish, a real hodgepodge of whatever was left over. Maven's just kind of picking at it while reading over some paperwork distractedly. How am I even supposed to tell what is overcooked and what is undercooked with fish? Oh, did you did you make this? Da. Oh, it's quite good. Everything is overcooked here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very nice. Maven, did did my letter ever get a reply? Uh, he sets his paperwork down and says, um, forgive me for asking, but which letter are you referring to? My communications have been quite backed up lately. From um, Lady Wainwright. Ah, uh, we haven't received anything back, but the letter should have arrived at Wainwright Manor in Anmar, and I assume she's busy dealing with the uh, ruins you left behind in the mountain. Although I will say that I did send all of the letters that you had personally transcribed back to Andariel. Uh, they should have arrived in the hands of Baron Malfont some time ago. I assume we'll hear from him soon. <sighs> so quiet. Yes. Blessedly so. Blessedly? You, no. you don't miss our friends. Why would they miss something about them I do not like? Uh, um, uh, could you elaborate a bit more? I miss the fact that uh, Morty was here to eat my food. I miss the fact that Arvid smelled nice. I do not miss the fact that Arvid was loud. Why would they miss this? Mm. I thought you found the silence discomforting. Reminded you too much of home. Lately, hmm. lately this is not as much of a problem. Artem looks concerned. These table scraps are going to be a problem without Morty to finish them off. Agreed. I don't know how that dog manages to digest fish bones so well, but just does it. We've never had to clean up his poopies. <laughs> oh. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that we eat, uh, this is uh, somewhat difficult to say. This room bar, you know, the little uh, mushroom people, mm -hmm. we have a little uh, concern. What? do you mean? It seems that the mycelia, the uh, little tendrils that the mushrooms grow from, they seem to be spreading under the, the, the lounge, and now it seems that they can sense living forms as they approach. And I don't know how far they've gone, but I told them to stay to the perimeter of the lounge of ultimate questing, but I'm not sure this is necessarily a bad thing. I wanted to bring this to you so I don't make some... Uh, perhaps dangerous decisions based on my own desire for paranoid information gathering. More of a mush home than a mush room now. Mm. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that Jean-Pierre was using a lot more mushrooms on the menu lately. They're overproducing. I don't know why. I tried to get them to slow down, but uh, their breeding process seems uh, extreme. He immediately pulls out some different paperwork and says, I might be able to make a small contract with the local farmer's market to see if we can off-put them for some income. 
This is a good idea. They don't seem to mind being eaten. As far as they're concerned, it's the same as being alive. And some of them are fairly exotic breeds. We might be able to get a high gold value for them. Could Domain Farms use any of them for healing potions? I'm not an expert in components. I would ask you. And uh, for just a moment, it seems like the windows surrounding your little living area rattle. Like the wind is picking up outside. And a strange fragrance kind of fills the room that overtakes the smell of this cooked, seasoned rice and meat. And it smells very herbal, like almost like burning sage and thyme, things like that. And a kind of swirling energy starts to form over the top of the table. It's nothing aggressive or even alarming. It almost seems like you're just experiencing it organically. And a very familiar voice fills the empty void of the room. And you hear... Mortal Dawn. Uh, j- sorry, just a moment. I, um, I've got this right here. Okay. As you know, I was summoned to aid in the funeral rites of sp- the spirit mother of the Ulfman clan, my own mother. Um, I've now been awakened to a presence that dwells deep within the mountains in the barrows of my ancestors. I ask you to join me in this as my honored guests. Tungulskin uh, Ratliost, which for your um, common tongue means... Uh, the moon gives enough light to find your way. It's a saying among my people, you know, the red moon, suns of the... Why so somber? <clears throat> a, lot of, a lot has transpired since I've been gone. Uh, I'm not ready to get into detail uh, through this um, format. Luck, yeah. Well, well, I hope you're okay. Um, what is your answer, Mortal Dawn? I, I, I'm in? I'm getting rather bored waiting tables. But we're not getting paid. So? Okay. How it needs us? Whatever, we'll negotiate later. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell me anything more about this presence under the mountain? Um, to be honest, I don't know much. It, it, it made itself aware to me through a vision. Well, that certainly sounds intriguing. And I think I need someone. I think I need you. Arvid, just to be clear, as the patron of this team, you need these three to come and help you with something in a personal matter. That's that's correct. I uh, just need the details so I can make the appropriate paperwork. Um, I'm willing to offer compensation. I uh... no, that's all you had to say. <laughs> really, you are not going to take off its money. It's not part of its money. It's the tribe's money. And if we're well, going to be helping, this is like, yeah. I, I don't actually have any money right now, but I can give you a, an equal cut of my cut of the next mission we do together. It's fine. I'm sure Chris will give you money to give us. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong, right? <laughs> Archim butts up. <laughs> it's not quite that simple, Arvid, but there are some things I can navigate to make sure that this can happen. Mm. Is there a precedence for swiftness? Do we need to hurry? Should I invest in a teleportation? It took you, what, four or five days to get there? Yes, the sooner we can resolve this, the sooner the sooner, the better. All right. Is this communication ongoing? Or how are you communicating with us? This is obviously some spell, but... And with that, the communication ends. <laughs> <laughs> and Maven folds up the letters that you were discussing and pulls out different paperwork and a league rule book and says there are multiple ways we can go about this um arvid can't offer you payment he's a member of the team he can't hire the team to do a team quest but you could consider this an exhibition quest which means whatever progress or success you meet will be viewed it will help your pr 
People can witness it through the monitors, but it won't actually go towards your official league score. We could consider it a charity quest, which could give us some tax write-offs, considering you'll be helping what sounds like one of the ten tribes. What are taxes? We can get into that another time, Harad. <laughs> That's my job. You do your magic, I do mine. Or you can just do this in your free time out of the goodness of your hearts, and we can leave Reginald behind. The other option which could potentially lead to some tricky legal work down the road is I could try to find a proxy hirer to pretend to be giving you this quest. I don't know that the Sons of the Red Moon have enough money to officially hire a team of your caliber, but they might have some resources. But uh, if we want to hurry with this, I would suggest either an exhibition quest or a charity quest. I guess nobody got it. I don't care about money. What do I care about money? I want to make Arvid sweat. This is fine. <laughs> charity is okay. Or exhibition. The exhibition does get viewed, yes? Uh, uh, if you would just a moment. Uh, exhibition might not be good. Uh, not that kind of exhibition. Yes, I'm well aware. Uh, what I mean to say is... Uh, whatever the matter this is, is probably very, very delicate and doesn't want to be aired too much. I don't think anybody could accuse out of its people of being delicate. Sure, the people may not be, but the... Um, Emotions connected to it might be? I vote charity. I don't know if we should even bring Reginald unless Arvid tells us it's fine. Hmm. Can we fill out two kinds of paperwork and then pick one when we get there? The signal will be sent directly. They need to know what kind of quest it is before they begin receiving. Meh. I think televisement is a good idea. And we can prearrange that if there's any kind of personal ceremonies that we don't want to have aired, that's fine. As long as the whatever this quest is in nature, we can record that. All right. I think that sounds fine to me. He's uh, pulling out some maps as well and says, there isn't any teleportation rings terribly close to the Ten Tribes, but I think I can get you within a day. Duh. Hmm. Is there anything within a day that is high up on the mountains that maybe we can use our wayfinder? Not into the mountains, no. The Himmelhorns are the nearest mountain range, and they are quite uninhabitable unless you've been living there since the dawn of creation, or whatever the people of that region believe in. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, I will uh, begin getting a teleportation ready for you, and you can leave today, tomorrow. It sounds like there's some urgency, but Arvid was a little unclear on that. I imagine if we're waiting for some kind of funeral ceremony, they don't want to sit on their hands. <clears throat> well, and suddenly, like, Mavid's been kind of, like, somber and picking at his food and not talking much lately, and as soon as there's some kind of official paperwork and quest to do, he seems to just kind of spark up. Ah, I will get uh, right on that. Um, let me know when you're ready to leave. And he's, as he's like folding paperwork and putting it up and I uh, grab some, one last piece of fish and tosses it in his mouth. Says, um, do whatever you need to prepare. Wiping his mouth. I grab my pack. Uh, I'm ready. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I probably have to wait for Christ. Well, I'm ready to go. I was ready yesterday. Thank you. I'm sure you were. You don't need, need to, you do not need to blood dry your hair or some other nonsense. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Your eyeliner is a little crooked. Oh, wow. It's fighting words. Those are fucking fighting words. Maven turns around before he leaves and says, it's perfect. <laughs> Love you, Maven. Horathax, do you need to get changed? I, Does Horathax need to feed his eyeliner? <laughs> I just closed my nictitating membranes. Nope, I'm good. <laughs> Let me go pick my armor up, but I don't imagine I need to put it on or anything. All right, and if there's any last-minute things you need to do, otherwise we can assume that the three of you make your way to the Silver Precinct and through Maven's direction, find yourself a teleportation ring to take you to Dornheim. You've all been through this process many times now. Teleportation does not agitate your stomach or your system like it used to. 
you all appear in a very desolate, snowy region. The cold wind immediately slams into you and chills you to the bone. Huge mountains are distant to the north. And this is not like a teleportation ring you've used before. The ones in the cities are well-maintained, perfectly manicured. This is some old stone cairn. As though it was perhaps destroyed some long time ago, but the ring is still intact. And you are in Dornheim, and none of you know the terrain here very well. You do notice a very large group of individuals to the south. It seems like they have a temporary camp erected. There's a bonfire burning and some lean-tos. Several horses alongside very large wolves with saddles. Always with the snow. Why can't we go to the desert more often? I opt out. Oh, opt out. (laughs) And you do notice a figure um, with quite a bit of dexterity leap onto the back of one of these large saddled wolves and begin riding towards you without any weapons drawn. And as they get closer, you see an orc wearing white fur leather armor with what look like animal claws hanging around his neck and on his shoulders. Um, He has ashen gray skin and some war paint on half of his face. And he waves to you, says, Hail, outsiders! Uh, Haven't seen anyone use the portal in some time. Are you lost? Hail, insiders. I don't think we'd be using a portal if we didn't know where we were going. Fair enough. Sometimes I hear there's magic turbulence and people end up here. The only turbulence I've been experiencing is from my own cooking. (laughs) Do you seek counsel with the Ten Tribes? Can I help you? We come looking for uh, Arvid Ulfmund? Ulfmund? That's a name I know, but I know no Arvid. Uh, I can escort you to their clan. It's maybe a half day from here. I've expended all of my social energy. Your job is on. Uh, uh, <clears throat> it's so fucking cold. Um, uh, yes, yes, uh, that sounds delightful. God, can we talk closer to the fire, please? Please, please. You wish to return to my encampment? Just for a moment. I suppose that's fine. Come. And he escorts you back um, with this giant shaggy wolf pup that he has like underneath him. And uh, you arrive and it's this group of orcs. Um, they're all wearing very similar animal claws. Some of them have more bones than just the claw, but that seems to kind of be their unifying symbol that they wear. Hmm. Um, again, half horses and half wolves. And they're putting a meal together. Some of them are sharing tales and passing around some bottles of what look like uh, foreign beverages, things that you wouldn't probably find here, like nice bottles of red wine. Oh, where did you get that? Oh, there's been a merchant who's been traveling around these parts lately and sells fine wine from the east. Oh. Can I can I try a little bit? Well, certainly. Ooh, Krista takes a nice smooth sip. These are my brethren of the Stone Knuckle clan. We are nomadic, but we are happy to help outsiders that wish to seek counsel with the Ten Tribes. Maintaining good communications with the outside world is what keep our people strong. Oh, how very progressive. Hmm. My people have a different way of thinking. Hmm. What kind of people you come from matters not to me. Well, um, we do need to get there. But also, do you know anything about, um, what tales of the mountains do you know? These mountains? Yes. Why, the tales, if written down, would be larger than the mountains themselves. <laughs> the Himmelhorns are terrifying and beautiful. Hmm. Any legendary creatures? There used to be a lot of worms that lived in the mountains worms like those gross little thing around plants those disgusting things mighty subterranean beasts that took both to the sky and burrowed tunnels through solid stone we are intimately familiar with this oh those uh do you have any extra warm cloaks certainly we have extra provisions 
We trade in furs quite regularly. Excellent. And they'll load anyone up with some extra thick uh, furs that have been rubbed with animal fat on the inside. The last time I bought one of these, I kind of left it in the snow. <laughs> Not wise. Well, I didn't intend on coming back. Can we can we ride one of these these beautiful creatures? I think the bond between a wolf rider and their mount requires more time. Mm. But we have some horses. Well, uh, uh, that's good. That might make this trek a bit faster. Mm. Then follow me. Mm. Do you all mount up? Some of you more awkward than others. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> like this. <laughs> and uh, you travel for several hours. And as you travel, you can see in the distance what looks like several encampments that are much more permanent than the one you just left. And you see them peppered throughout the entire side of the mountainscape. If you focus at any given time, you can see there is a colony here. There's a colony there. They blend in with the forests. They blend in with the stone. But you occasionally see a campfire. And you realize this place is very well populated by the indigenous people that live here. But they hide themselves very well. What is your name, stranger? Truk. Truk? Yes. I notice a lot of encampments here. This region seems very desolate to me. But to support such a population, you must have... Excellent foraging skills. Mm, yes, the ten tribes work together. We have the specialists that live near the river and fish. Those who hunt for wild game. We trade with each other. He points to the north and says, A few hours that way you would find Cardamel. It is a fairly good-sized city, mostly humans, but they represent the king and his government here. They know this is our land, but we trade with them, and it has been good. This King Valkar seems to be a fine fellow, and while he knows this land is ours... We are aware we are in his kingdom. And after a while, you get closer to the base of the mountain. And you see, as you're getting closer to this uh, encampment, there are large pools of steam that kind of rises up out of the ground. Some kind of natural hot spring that comes from a nearby underground source. Steal yourself, Artax. <laughs> the temptation is strong. I'm more worried about Christ. There are dozens of structures that look like when they were made, they might have been temporary, but they have since been made much more permanent. Like you can tell when someone lives in an RV versus just like pulling it up to camp somewhere. Mm. Uh, but they look like they have very low roofs and they're made of stone with mud and stick like plastered onto them, very sturdy. Um, but the figures that are walking around are massive. And what you see before you is dozens and dozens of Arvids. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you elaborate <laughs> dozens of Arvids? There are these families of furbolgs moving about, going about their everyday activities. As you get closer, you realize most of them are a good head or two taller than your familiar Arvid. They crest seven and a half feet to eight feet at times. They have similar rich, like sage colored skin in shades from gray to a more of a rich green. And uh, they have tufts of blonde hair. Some of them have red. Some of them have a very dark brown, but they all have some traits that just kind of remind you of Arvid a little bit. And none of them seem to be making very much eye contact, despite the fact that you just rode in to their region, save for one. And he comes moving towards you, and there is a massive rotund figure wearing white furs with a bear skull over his head. And the rate that he's traveling towards you is almost concerning. And he stops. This being, this is a boy. <laughs> He is eight feet tall and at least six feet wide. <laughs> you can tell that he has packed on a lot of very good winter survival fat, but you do not think you could pinch him. <laughs> and he pulls back the bear helm 
and you see this like cascade of honeyed locked beard hanging down on his chin and a very wide nose. And he says, Hello there, my name is Arvast. The king? Ha, I am no king. I am Arvid's uncle. I was told to wait for you and bring you to him when you arrive. Uh, oh, he- hello. Archeont Konstantinovich Volkov. Uh, Chris Grant. Haradax. I'll probably have to ask again later for you to repeat that for me. <laughs> Arvid has been very uh, busy since he got here. There is much to explain, but it is so good to see you. And it is a blessing in my heart to see a group like you come to help Arvid. That's is, me, a blessing. I am so glad that he has made friends. Very hard for Arvid to not have friends growing up. Arvast. Uh, does that mean you are... Uh, is R the root word for uncle or for tiny? I say, looking up and down at, at Arvast. I don't know what you mean by root word, but uh, my name is Large Uncle, yes. When I was born, my sister already had children. There is a large age gap. Ah. I was born an uncle. <laughs> I see. And I am large. <laughs> <laughs> I was born an uncle. <laughs> Orvid's uh, parents very busy most of the time, so I did most of the raising of that one. I will take you to him. Come with me. Do not mind the uh, distracted uh, people of my family. There is much on their mind, and they are not to deal with outsiders unless informed to. Uh, and he leads you to one of the central structures. Uh, it looks like stacked up stones forming a kind of dome. And you realize why the ceilings are so low as he opens the door, as these are all sunken earth huts. Um, but this one leads down very deep. And as soon as he opens it, steam comes pouring out. It says, uh, our leader, uh, Ick, he insists that Orvid spend some great time purging himself of the confusion of the outside world, washing away the big city, he says and do some inner focus. To do that, we use the stone chamber of steam. Arvid! Arvid! Come out, boy! Your friends are here! Arvid exits the door slowly. Um, He pulls himself out as if he's straining somewhat. As soon as you see him again, you can tell that he probably fairly recently has shorn all the hair from his head and his face. Um, And he looks a bit gaunt compared to how... You last saw him. He makes eye contact somewhat uh, reservedly. Uh, You see it looks like he's almost about to smirk, but then instead it's like a twitch of a grimace. And he says, Mortal Dawn, you answered my call. You look like me. (laughs) I don't know if I like Arvid without confusion. (laughs) And looking at Arvid, um, their usual like friendly belly is gone. They've shed several pounds and perhaps a little bit of muscle mass. And what he's wearing is long white robes almost similar to like little nemo in dreamland kind and they are just soaked with sweat are you okay i am where i belong that is not the question i asked indeed Uh, also where's morty um there is a group of children that have been playing with morty off in the distance and as you guys get closer to the center of this commune uh your scent probably travels in the air and you just see him freeze and stick his head up (laughs) and then snow explodes (laughs) as he comes barreling towards you all and stops right before he knocks Artyom over, like there's about to be some kind of punishment for being a rough boy and just starts to vibrate. I look at him very sternly and then slowly reach into my back pocket, pull out some bacon very fast and then toss it. He 
catches it <laughs> before it gets more than a few feet from your hand, but just rolls in the snow. And he looks oh. at Arvid and then immediately looks away. It seems like Morty was welcomed by your people with open arms. Absolutely a beautiful creature of nature that they connected with immediately. And as you're all staring at this strangely emaciated Arvid, you see a group of nearby soldiers um, pulling javelins off of their backs and looking upward. And there is a black shape in the sky, flapping wings that you can see holes and ribbons cut through as though it is no longer living. And it's carrying some kind of strange dark metal canister in its talons which it releases. Javelins fly upward, but do not connect with this creature. Some of them hit this metal thing on the way down, and they simply ricochet and fall harmlessly. And it lands with a thud, not more than five feet away from your group. And there embossed on the front of this canister is the symbol of the city of Andariel, the city of the dead. Visiting and design? Want fun? Good drinks? The VIP treatment? Join us for atmosphere, magic, and games of chance at Spell Slots Andesian Casino Royale. Gamble in style with magical machines and you might just win the jackpot. Copper, silver, gold, and platinum. Scrolls and relics. All-you-can-eat shrimp and wine buffet. Feel the enchantment. Feel the compulsion. Feel the magic. Spell Slots Andesian Casino Royale. Lucky for you, it's time for my break. All this torturing can work up quite an appetite. But with my busy schedule, I don't have time for regular shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm glad I use Factor. Fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals ready in two minutes and delivered straight to my door. 35 weekly options and over 60 add-ons to keep things interesting. You, you're a thin one. You'd probably like their calorie-smart options. Me, I'm building muscle, so I love their Protein Plus options. <laughs> yes, you're right. The scheduling flexibility is amazing. If I want to change for as much or as little as I need week to week, it's fast premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> of course I have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash theleague50 and use code theleague50 to get 50% off. That's code theleague50 at factormeals.com slash theleague50 to get 50% off. A deal that can't be beat. And speaking of being beaten, it's time to get back to work. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hello, all you cuties. I'm back on the mid-rolls. Did you miss me? I had an amazing time running the Little League for the crew. Everyone was such a delight, I hope you all enjoyed it too. I am excited to have this week's episode out and be back to our regularly scheduled questing. Get ready to hear quite a few familiar names in this chapter as well. Speaking of, I want to give a special thanks to our new patrons for the month of June. Sorry if I already named some of y'all. There's Janessa Kepler, Colin Andrews, Dinosaur, and Normal Norman. And our newest legendary members, Musifer, great name, Timothy Andrews Southern, also great name, and Jean, with no last name. That being said, if anybody has a name that they'd prefer to have announced during these mid-rolls, please let us know. We're still trying to decide if we want to increase the max team size to six or add a new team to the roster. That roster, by the way, is the Moonlight Bale, the Tavern Brawlers, the Iron Rhapsody, and this week's featured team, the Cultured Cutthroats, with Zan Cam, Jeff Ammons, Jack Phillips, and Isaac Davies. Thank you all again so much. I'm out of town until Monday, so Law's putting this episode together for me. I also want to thank Tori Christensen again for all of her help editing oh so many of these episodes, and I'm just glad I was able to give her a little bit of a break for the Little League. Being out of town means that my Twitch stream, 6pm PST Monday through Thursday on twitch.tv slash streams, will be taking a little break with me, but I'll be back at it Tuesday the 30th. If you have any suggestions or ideas for games you'd like to see me stream, go ahead and shoot us a tweet or join our Discord and let us know in the suggestions channel. We're always excited to get into new projects and improve our existing ones, so please give us a shout. But that's enough of my jibber-jabber. Let's get you back to the action. Welcome back to League Beefs. The heroes of the LUQ are professional quest specialists, but that doesn't mean they don't totally blow it sometimes. This is your weekly highlight reel of adventuring oopsies and fantastic fumbles when our heroes totally beef it. League Beefs. Party druid for Elrune Syndicate decided to commune with nature by turning into a deer while the party tracked down some bandits in the woods. Too bad they didn't know it was hunting season and got an arrow right in the backside. Wild shape, Kian Candle's frontline swordsman is seen here fending off a pair of aggressive hell knights while the party wizard prepares a teleportation. He goes in for the killing blow, but must have too much blood on his hands, because that sword goes flying. Right into the face of the mid-spell wizard. Who knows where they ended up teleporting? Get a grip. Someone get them a sponsorship with Minotaur Creamery, because those are some butterfingers. And last but not least, Party Rogue from the Sacred Eternal pockets what looks like a valuable ruby from a mage's lab. Nice move. Turns out, It was a delayed blast fireball. Hope you have insurance for your legs. 
totally crispy. Join us again next time for more of the fumbles your family loves to see here on the Nexus Enterprise. Meat Beefs. A group of warriors approach with their weapons drawn looking down at this strange foreign object as though making eye contact with you to see if everything is okay. And the beast seems to take off into the sky almost out of sight at a great altitude. What the hell is this thing? I'd like to say that this is abnormal, but this is pretty much an ordinary day for us. Yeah. <laughs> is this some curse from the gods, Arvid? Arvid will approach the capsule and look for any kind of markings that would indicate uh, who is it addressed to Arvid? <laughs> is it addressed to... Hold on. Let's let, let's let a lot <laughs> stop dying over here. <laughs> there is no postal code or address of any kind on this metal canister. I think it is a delivery. You do notice a latch that could be very easily opened. Yeah, gonna open it. Um, as you begin to open it, it unclicks and then it kind of forces itself open at a very slow pace. And inside is a hollow chamber, almost like looking into some kind of smoker or furnace. And a little tiny spark of green light ignites inside. And you hear a voice issue forth that you recognize. It says, Mortal Dawn. I do apologize for the strange method of delivery, but I figured getting these rewards to you with some expediency was most important. As you know, we cannot leave the city proper, but we do have some minions that are trained to fly and seek. Uh, thank you. What was this? The winged thing? Well, a long time ago, it would have been what's called a Varg heist. Uh, minions of vampires, as it were, in tune with both wolf and bat, although now it is an undead creature. But it has no mind of its own, so we do not need to fear it returning to some sort of primitive mental state. Undead bat wolf. Sounds like overkill. Well, we do do a good job of doing what we do, don't we? Uncle Arvis, this is simply um, a message uh, from our uh, our last employer for the Mortal Dawn quests. And uh, this is the closest you've been to some of these family since you got here, now that they've all moved up to inspect this thing, one of which you see um, turns to Arvast, this older female furbolg that looks very much like Arvid, with long braided red hair. And she begins using some sort of hand gesture, touching her face and pointing at things. And Arvast responds in kind. And uh, he says, Eshwin wants to know if this is some kind of curse you bring with you from the outside world. <clears throat> Quick question. Do I know what they're doing? Uh, you recognize the use of hand language, but you don't recognize this. Dialogue. I figured. Yeah, I just yeah, want yeah. to make sure that I that I do, in fact, know Drow hand signal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I suppose Arvid would have picked up some of this, too. We can try to... You know a little bit, yeah. Um, so, along with speaking, he Fox, gestures... Fox, monkey horse, several house. <laughs> Purple. <laughs> <laughs> My sister, he says while signing, this is a um, gift from a previous employer. Oh, I apologize for my manners and the confusion there. This is Eshwin, Arvid's older sister. She's one of the honor guard of the city. I sign to them in drow hand signal uh, enemies to the north. <laughs> he blinks confusedly. Uh, hello. <laughs> Are you making fun of us? <laughs> no, my people have something similar to this uh, hand signal. Oh, do you have many that are born without the ability to speak in your culture? Let us say we have the ability, but we are not encouraged to when we are abroad. Hmm. Eshwin was born without tongue, as they say. Mm. 
We are typically ones to murder our children when this happens. There is a reason I'm not there anymore. Oh, around these parts, nature does that for us. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind if I chime in for just a moment here? <laughs> My fleeting presence here will be gone in no time. But I do have some rewards as I read through your missives and tried to find a good match for your requests. Some vaguer than others, but I think I did a good job. And I'll just go in the order I have them in because I wasn't preparing. Um, there are bundles, um, four of which inside. Um, the first one is wrapped, and it does in fact say Arvid on it. And it's wrapped in a really beautiful fabric, like what might have been part of a tapestry a long time ago, but is now since completely decayed. Um, and as you unfold it, you see what looks like a kind of bladed uh, boomerang made of bone. Mm. And I'll just read through the cards so the audience knows what each thing is. This is called Hawksbane. It is a magical weapon that does not require attunement. Um, this throwing blade is crafted from the bones of an extinct breed of giant hawk and infused with the spirit of the beast. When thrown, it transforms into a spectral hawk, which either returns the weapon to the user's hand or can be used to deliver messages over a great distance. This weapon functions as a plus one throwing and returning javelin mechanically as far as range huh. and damage. Good, I tossed my javelin at that spider way back. <laughs> uh, but it deals slashing damage instead of piercing damage. And once a day, the wielder can use the spell Animal Messenger with a duration of 72 hours. When it's used in this way, it obviously can't be used as a weapon because it's turned into some magical bird and is delivering a message for you. <laughs> Thank you. That's badass. Verily. The next one is a very small package, and it says Christ on it. And as you open it, there's a piece of some sort of stone jewelry, and it's heavy. It's incredibly heavy for its size. It looks like a bangle that might wrap around your forearm or wrist, um, and it's made out of this thick black stone that somehow gravity seems to affect more than you would assume based on its size. This is the onyx bangle. It is a wondrous rare item that does require attunement. This simple black bracelet is forged from the coldest and darkest stone at the heart of the world, and it pulses with the might of the elemental plane of Earth. The wielder of this bangle gains a tremor sense of 20 feet. They gain the use of the cantrip spell Mold Earth, and once a day, they can cast either Stone Skin or Earthbind. And how that works is Tremor Sense means that within 20 feet of you, even if you're blind, you can kind of detect the presence of movement through the Earth. Stone skin, when you cast it, it lasts for an hour and it makes it, you know how when Arvid's raging, they take half damage from all piercing, bludgeoning, slashing? Uh-huh. Same thing, non-magical, but you have half. It's a fourth level wizard spell. Oh. And Earthbind is something you cast on a flying creature to force it to start to descend. Oh, that's so cool. I'm excited about the tremor sense. That's very you. Mm. Yeah. Oh. I'm and excited about not dying. Woo! Yay! <laughs> well, don't get too excited. <laughs> uh, the next package is easily the largest, um, roughly two and a half feet in diameter and round. Um, and as you uncover it, it says Artyom on it. And at first, it looks like the corner of a very old and kind of worn out shield. But in the center, there is a perfect reflective surface. Oh, this is the Prism Ward. This is an enchanted shield, very rare and acquires attunement. There was once a general who served in the army under King Chimus, who was known as the Spellbreaker. He devoted his life to hunting down foes of the kingdom who specialized in magic, and this was his enchanted shield. This is a plus one shield, and this I'll explain very carefully because it's awesome and it may be confusing. If the wielder is targeted by a spell that only targets them, the foe has disadvantage on the attack roll to hit you, or if you get a saving throw, you have advantage on the saving throw. If you roll a 20 on your advantage saving throw or they roll a one on their attack roll to hit you, the spell is redirected back at them. Oh, fuck. 
and there are six runes around the outside. Each day at dawn, you roll a d6, and for that day, you gain resistance to a random element. Fire, ice, lightning, thunder, acid, or necrotic. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the last ability is more aesthetic, um, but once a day it can be used to create a beacon of light in the sky that leaders use to rally their troops. Woo! God damn! Now, Artyom, you seem to be fairly well equipped in the ways of war when I met you, but it seemed your shield was a little lackluster. And being the leader of a team like this, I figured the shield of one of our old military leaders was right up your alley. This is, without a doubt, the best gift I've ever been given. No offense to you for your uh, your spirit trust things. This is, this is better. Now, Harithax, your request was a little bit more... Uh, interpretable you wanted information and this can be a difficult thing to communicate and yours is this tiny like diamond shaped vial with some green essence kind of floating in it if you breathe deeply of this vial you will learn some of my memories things i've learned in my life about the topic of your interest ah excellent does it take time to do not at all you could even just uncork it and give it a quick i i will wait all right then well, I have held up my end of the deal. I hope that I can perhaps work with the Mortal Dawn sometime in the near future. Leave the canister where it is. The beast will be trained to come and collect it sometime in the near future. Let the people around there know that perhaps it is not an enemy to take their babies away, but just a messenger. And you know what they say about shooting the messenger. Don't. <laughs> Sorry. That's right, Robert. And with that, the green fire inside the canister goes out. So, Christ currently had an open slot for a rare or very rare item. The yes. Onyx Bangle will just immediately fill that slot, which works out very nicely. Uh, Arvid's weapon does not require attunement because at nature it's just a simple plus one returning weapon, but it has an ability that makes it no longer a weapon. Um, Harothax's gift is not a magic item. It is, in fact, just some knowledge. So, Artyom, in order to equip your new very powerful shield, you would have to sacrifice one of the rare item or one of the common items you're using for your rare slot, either the hat, the dagger, or the cloak. I'll go ahead and give up the dagger for now, but at some point I'm going to want to pass this hat off to everybody because what's the point in having a ridiculous hat if everybody on the team doesn't wear it at some point? Mm -hmm. And uh, with that assignment, that means everyone's slots are now filled by anything that they could be. Um, another figure approaches the group, obviously a furbolg. You haven't seen anyone that is non-furbolgian since you got into this area. Um, and Arvid, you recognize it as Eric, your mm. younger brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, he kind of awkwardly and shyly kind of steps over to you and says, Arvid, um, Ake sent me to get you. Ake said it's time to talk to your friends. Uh, Arvid just nods back to him and looks at the mortal dawn significantly and then says, yes, we'll follow. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be taking you to the, uh, the hut of our leader, Ake the Ancient. Please be respectful. He's very, very, very old and very powerful. Forgive me if I fall behind a little bit with Arvid. Uh, Chris leans over to Harthax. Harthax, what happened to the life in Arvid's voice? Well, sometimes spending time with your family can be very, very taxing. Oh, hmm. Well, new things, I guess. Uh, Arvast. Yes? Were you listening to the message that we received there? I heard bits and pieces, but I tried to keep my distance. Always mind my manners. Isn't that right, Arvid? That's right, Uncle. Uh, that creature may come back to pick this capsule up. If it returns, it's just coming for this. Make sure the children don't play on it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I suppose I can tell the javelin users not to try to kill the beast. Doesn't look like anything of nature, but, uh... Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you hear as uh, Artyom slams his new shield with his fist and casts Zone of Truth. Ooh. As you're getting led to the hut of Ake, Eshwin pulls Arvid aside and begins to furiously sign something to you that you start to pick up. Um, she's always been one of the smartest and strongest of the Ulfmen, very intelligent. And she's signing to you, said, I can forgive you for convincing Svoltir to join the League. He's big enough to make his own choices now, but I will not allow that thing into the Ancient's hut. She says, gesturing to the sky. Um, and Arvid's uh, trying to sign back to her, saying, um, it will only drop down to the place that it already arrived. You will never have to see it again after that. And she gestures, no, no. Svoltir told me about the machines that follow you. The, ah, yes. Okay. Um, and then to the rest of the group, is, is Reginald here? I am. Where we are going, Reginald, is to you, forbidden. Okie dokie. I will wait outside. I gesture to Reginald. If you can turn up your microphone to make, the re- make sure to record everything that happens, it will be appreciated. I will do what I can. You might want to roll. Roll? Wisdom saving throw. Oh, for Zone of Truth? Yep. Because if I want to say anything that isn't true. Or you don't want to roll all those. Back. I think you just need a d20. <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom's plus two. Saves and stats. Oh, sweet. So yeah. Cool. Then you are fine. Woo. And I believe that you know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the others? Uh, in the area? Yeah. They are the, specifically the people who are leading us. Sure. They uh, don't seem to be aware of the fact that they're like intentionally fighting something, but their yeah. instinct is like magic. Yeah. Um, It doesn't seem to affect Eshwin, but uh, Arvast just completely washes over him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as soon as I realize that that's what's happening, I just say, uh, never mind, Arvin. You, uh, you go ahead. Artyom, you plan to pry something from me? No, I try to make sure that you're not lying to me or that you are, in fact, who you claim to be. But obviously, that's not going to work. Mm. I forget about your precautions. I walk up to Arvast. Arvast, do I have reason to believe that Arvid is in danger right now? It depends on what Ek the Ancient tells him, but... These kind of ceremonies can end with danger for sure. Are you doing any harm to Arvid? Well, he lost quite a bit of weight, but I'm the one that's been bringing him food and making sure he's hydrated while he's sweating his guts out. Is everything he is doing voluntary and not under duress? Ah, he was told by his elders to do what he's doing, so he did it like a good boy. Fair enough. By the way, I simply use the mind-altering magic on you to make sure that you do not lie to me. He looks to, like, confused to this guy, like, is that what that feeling was? We don't yes. get a lot of magic users around these parts. You have plenty of them now. Well, I'll be darn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, totally random. What would that feeling feel like? Imagine like a ASMR kind of feeling, but negative instead of positive. Oh. That's just what I assume. Hmm. I'm really hungry, and I miss my wife. <laughs> you'll have to forgive me for my paranoia the moment I see Arvid acting differently from themselves I suspect maybe there is some kind of uh, psionic influence you understand this is coming where I come from yes I mean uh, that is to say Arvid you you are not quite yourself the masks we wear for others come off when we um, when we no longer need them great now we're going to have a sad second with him (laughs) 
So this entourage of towering Firbolg part, and you're gestured to enter this hut made out of animal hides, constructed of sticks and bones with beads and paintings along the outside of it. You can smell herbs similar to those you smelled back home during the communion with Arvid over a great distance. And you're let in. Reginald stays outside, just kind of hovering around, humming around over the top of the building. And as you enter, there is a clean, open floor uh, that is earth. It is stone. There is no kind of carpet or floor built into it. And sitting cross-legged against the far end of the hut is a figure with very long fingers, very long hair hanging down from underneath what has to be at least a 15-pound elk skull with massive antlers. They are frail and small. They do not look like they are a furbolg, or if they are, then they are very old. The robes that hang over them are made out of deer hide, woven together with thick strands. They have long fingernails and bone jewelry on each of their digits. Traced on the ground in front of them is what looks kind of like a very simple representation of a bonfire. And they sprinkle some herbs over the top of it, and it comes to life with a white light. And he gestures for you to sit with a long, shaking hand. You are the allies that Ovid sent for through the message, yes? Yes, yes. Uh, these men in this Drakkar, they have agreed to help. I see. Ovid, I must apologize for the treatment you have received since you came back to your people, but they felt betrayed, and the customs that we have are what tie us to the earth. I understand this. You look as though you've lost some girth. And some wayward thoughts and feelings. That was the intent. We will make sure we put some more meat on you before we send you into the hills. Let me tell you a tale. And from the white light of this illusory bonfire, you see them hold their hands up and begin to cast like shadow puppets against the wall. But the shapes their hands make turn into these beautiful tapestries of history. And you see groups of warriors moving through the hills. He says, many, many generations ago, before the Sons of the Red Moon had such a name, before the Alliance of the Ten Tribes was forged, there was one clan amongst many who wished to hunt the outside world. They hungered for violence. They lusted for bloodshed. They wanted to conquer. They wanted to claim all the tribes as their own, but their voice was quiet, opposed to those of the other tribes. With our alliance, we cast them deep into the hills, into the bowels of the mountain, to not spread their violence to others. But we fear that while they were there, they made packs with dark entities that slumbered in the earth. They were called the War Sworn, the others, the Spirit Seekers. There is reason to believe that in recent days, their presence has emerged. There have been murders near the clans. There have been warriors losing their mind as they travel the Himmelhorns as some sort of bloodlust awakens inside of them. We have sent the leaders of the various clans back to their burial barrows to perform a ritual of cleansing, to maintain the seal that holds them in the earth and keeps their violence from our people. Spirit Mother Ulthmund was on this quest with three of her honor gods, one of whom was your brother Hrothgar. The ritual was not completed, and it must be fulfilled by an Ulfman. But you 
are the only of your family, since your mother who sees through the eyes of the beast. Therefore the burden falls into your hands. Your mother's astrobar escaped the violence and returned to us, and it can guide you back to the barrows where you have never tread. It is very rare for outsiders to get to see the burial realms of our clans. I don't care if you consider it an honor or a blessing, but I would ask that you treat it with reverence. We cannot send the other warriors, because the closer they get to the heart of the mountain, the more risk there is for the war sworn to taint their minds. Their blood still flows in our veins. I have the ashes of your grandfather. These must be anointed onto the statues in your burial realm to complete the ritual. Rivington can guide you in the procedure. And out from behind Ake the Ancient comes this furry, bushy-tailed, almost like a small bear with a long raccoon tail. Very similar to what we would call a tanuki, but a very mountainous winter version of that. And they're somewhat spectral. Um, in this region, it's referred to as a tree bear. And this was essentially your mother's familiar in life. And it's very common for the astrobar to be an animal bound to a leader of the tribe that when it passes, uh, return to be more of a spiritual guardian that will protect them and guide them in their daily life. And you knew yours in life as your mother's ally, Rivington, um, but this is now the spectral version. It scurries up to you and sits on its haunches, long tail twitching behind it. Young one, Ovid, returned. I so am. long. Okay. I didn't expect it to speak. Yes, as the ancestors require. It was not monsters that killed Spirit Mother Ulfman. It was the honor guard they turned on each other. <laughs> the sleeping rage in their bloodlines forced them to turn weapon against each other. Chaos broke out. I know she must be dead. Must be. No one ever saw her body. She was doing the ritual when all three attacked. <sighs> Hrothgar is a strong warrior. She was not watching. And I can travel freely. My bond is not tied to her essence anymore. Something must have happened to her life force. My brother? Hrothgar. It pains me to learn this. I am sorry, but... Other tribes are also going out to cleanse their burial grounds, so we must hurry. I will guide you into the mountains. Okay. Yep. And we're all ready? I, I stand with you, yes. Yes, we can be ready imminently, I'm sure. Listen, no reason to delay. Well then, Rivington, take us. And Ake speaks up. On behalf of the ten tribes, I thank you all. You do great service to your ally and his people. So with that, the mortal dawn makes their way into the snow-covered peaks of the Himmelhorn Mountains, the highest point in all of Mackinar, a frozen snapshot of the dawn of the world. And they say to reach the tallest point is to shake hands with the very gods themselves. Kip, I'm starting to sound like a guide on a violence tour of Mackinar, but have you ever been to the Himmelhorns? Well, only in flyover, Storm. Now, I know I've spouted off about a lot of dangerous places before, but we're talking about the top of the world here. Let's pretend there aren't any monsters, okay? The only thing between you and an untimely but well-preserved death is the skin of something else that couldn't hack it there. Snot and sweat freezing to your skin, making your head look like an alpine forest. That's just the first sign that your insides are turning into a blood sickle for your gym's adventurous climbers group to suckle at while they wait for their own demise. 
I'm guessing that there are in fact monsters as well. Oh, you're damn right. Frost worms, yetis, ice rocks, remoraz, ice elementals, frost wraiths, not to mention good old-fashioned big-ass bears. And wolves. Sounds like the Mortal Dawn are in for some serious peril, despite no promise of reward. As much respect as I have for the male workers of the Five Kingdoms, I gotta admit, having a giant undead bat deliver packages by dropping big-ass metal canisters full of magic items sounds like a pretty good system. I'd sign up for that monthly service. Batmail. No. Corpse PS. Nah. And with that delivery, according to Team Dossier, the Mortal Dawn now have their team limit for ranked magic items. Nothing feels better than a full kit, Kip. Having an empty magic slot's like going out without your makeup on. It's fine, you're not gonna die, but you're not gonna turn any heads either. And it's the first thing everybody notices. Are you okay, sweetie? You look tired. The only thing I'm tired of is your lip, Barbara. Square up! <clears throat> what the hell was I talking about? Oh yeah, a full kit. Now comes the hard part. Plan on what to trade out if anything else gets dropped in their laps. Well, you've got a point there, Storm. And based on the kind of trouble the Mortal Dawn tend to get into, it's not unlikely- Dead X! Ha! I'm sorry? The, uh, the undead bat package delivery. Dead X. <laughs> Nailed it. Yes! Oh, right. <laughs> Good one, Storm. Well, one thing's for certain, the trials our heroes are about to face will surely challenge their camaraderie and either make or break them as a team. Will the frigid winds freeze these friends mid-flight? Or will the young wayward warrior complete his clan's customs? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing! Is Tracy Rivington's your mom, right? I didn't want to bring that up, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't. So. I didn't know that. I just made a guess, man. I she she was reaching out to me, and we were talking a little bit, and I think, uh, yeah, yeah. There, I don't. I don't. Well, think, I didn't realize it was your mom for a while. Well, then it's weird that the voice I or the character that I picked was the spirit animal of your mother. So that's, that's really that is, appropriate. Yeah. yeah, I picked a name that sounded cool for uh, Tanuki. Let's go. <laughs> let's go ahead and play it like that was intentional. <laughs> but Patreon, right? <laughs> uh, Sam, do you oh, want to go oh, first? Just hand it to it's been so long since we heard from you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah Sam! You're also more than welcome to ever step away from it if you want to. I did that one time. You did, and I was okay with it. Nice. But I also think that when you do it, it's the funnest, so go ahead. We have fun here. You're checking your spells to read yeah, the outro? I was, I was about to ask, yeah. <laughs> Let me just make sure here. Let me cast uh, Thaumaturgy to make Let my voice more impressive. Let me cast Speak impressive. with Fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> Oh boy, what a good episode. Golly. <laughs> Not depressing at all. Shucks. Um, I mean, it's there's a lot to there's a lot to there's there's new names, new new ideas, new mm -hmm. places. We've um What's the one place that we haven't really done a big quest in yet? It's the one right next to Dornheim, right? Like right Danmere? Danmere? I mean, you did one in the city of Anmar, the Steamwork City. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't really explore Danmere that much. You just oh. went to the one of the big capitals. Yeah. I gotta say, I was very shocked by the very welcoming nomadic tribe. I mean, nomadic tribes tend to be pretty fucking welcoming. Kind of have to be when you just wander into other people's places. It is. It has ended poorly for them in the past. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Orcses, orcses, yeah. orcs, orcs, orcs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. So let's start by going around the table, starting with. Uh, me, I have returned. Sam Frost. Yay! Welcome back, you beautiful Ooh. bastard. Yay! Missed you. Back, um, back from the ook. <laughs> from, <laughs> the ook. <laughs> from the ook. Cross the pond. After being stuck there oh. so long, it's oh, one no. of the ook. <laughs> uh... 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was rough. Um, Nothing better than a uh, trip to another country where all you can do is stay in your own room. <laughs> woo. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. That's great. Um, we that's missed me. You. Shoot, thank you. Uh, anyway, I play Arvid Ulfmund, and I'm going through a lot of stuff character-wise and personally. Wow, guys, double whammy. Who else is here at this table? I feel whammed twice. (laughs) Wake me up before you go-go. No. (laughs) I'm Michael Loving. I play Arthax, the... And yet not a very loving person, given the choice of jokes you make. Oh, okay. I guess you, no, I, you didn't finish your. No, no, I didn't. I, did, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I was, Are you done? I was trying to think. I was trying to um, think of, of of some sort of terrible pun to hit you with your last name, and I was like, eh, no, no, can't do it. I'm not. Trust I'm, me. I'm, many people, many bullies, <laughs> tried yeah. to come up with a pun <laughs> of my name. The best they got was Barfus, and it just did yeah. not land. No, I was. I was gonna say That's something poetry. about like. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of something like 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 barkusing them at you like constantly, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Harthax is a level eight warlock. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, just that's it. Yeah, nailed it. All, all right, go. I'm going. <laughs> Jesus, don't rush me. We're real pros. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Alante. I play Chris Grand, the uh, crystalline sorcerer, level six and level two bard. I'm Zach Barkas. I play Artyom Volkov, the Cleric of Sunlight and Suffering. I'm also the technical director, producer, and sometimes editor for Slapdash Studios. My name is Law. I am back in the Dungeon Master seat, and boy, is it a slow-going process. <laughs> uh, I am the creative director of Slapdash Studios, and I learned in the UK they call quarantine lock bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No, it's not true. I made that okay. up. Good. <laughs> I was really hoping it was true. It's exactly the kind of thing that could be true, but definitely isn't. <laughs> I wanted to say it while Sam was talking, but there was enough really shitty outro stumbling already. <laughs> I really hope people don't uh, genuinely skip these because sometimes oh, they're pure gold. But I do hope they start calling it lockbox. Yeah. <laughs> lockbox. Um, so it over. Good job, guys. New episodes air every Monday. Uh, and you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. That means... Spotify, iTunes, and more. Uh, lately, we have suddenly gotten a, a surge, I've heard, while I was gone. Uh, it picked up. Unrelated to your movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just be real clear about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's gone. Let's all start listening. <laughs> um, and so that's really great. But obviously, we always want more folks to listen to our amazing content. Um, so tell your friends. And, also, uh, I really hope we get some slash fiction soon because it's just been so long that at this point I'm afraid that it's just built up and it's going to be really bad if it doesn't happen soon. Yeah. What? No, man. Like, if you wait too long, the, the, then the slash fiction you get is going to be really gnarly. I want some. I want some really gentle, soft, pleasant stuff. <laughs> my brain. Okay. All right. <laughs> please, please go on. This hurts my brain. <laughs> Oh, man, so many directions to go from here. But let's just go back to where it belongs, and that's... Uh... <laughs> back to Slack. <laughs> um, the the, the uh, locations of finding us beyond uh, beyond for, for listening to Spotify, iTunes, etc. Um, we have an Instagram and a Twitter. The Instagram's pretty um, pretty active, and it has, like, minis and, like, painted minis. I'm sorry, I need context for y'all. Don't uh, point people in the direction of the Instagram. <laughs> Why not? Because they're going to see my minis, that's the worst. 
rough. Um, <laughs> I can't share links there, so there's no episode shit on Instagram. Oh. Yeah, but you know, everyone. Um, yeah. Okay. Instagram. That's It's slap the dash on Instagram and Twitter. Slap dash studios um, if you're Facebook searching. Uh, and then our actual website is theluq.com. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so uh, thanks for listening to the show. And remember, we look forward to growing and questing together with you, the fans. <clears throat> And as always, we wish you luck. Oh!